Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Minor League Podcast. I'm Steve Seiper, and I'm joined by Lucas Vajos and Ken Levin and Thomas Henderson, and it's late. Day two of the draft is over. For those of you who listened yesterday, Jared is not here, so that tells you what they did, and or did not do. (laughs) Well, in in his defense, and I don't know. Whatever defense, I don't even think that's the right terminology, but I didn't even ask because I have too much stuff going on right now. I can't coordinate another person, so. <laughs> Fair. But, um, yeah, uh, the Mets made their um, third round selection, fourth, fifth, you know, everything through 10. And we'll also go over their second round pick from last from Sunday night and the uh, free agent compensation round as well because about what time were those picks made at like eleven o'clock and like yeah something like that I can't 12, remember fifteen yeah it was it was very very late um, so yeah we'll just start with those and with their second round pick the Mets selected Blade Tidwell. Right-handed pitcher from University of Tennessee, who uh, was expected to go much higher in the draft in like the very, very, very first mocks in January, and then he hurt his shoulder and he missed about two months or so, and then they eased him back into back onto the mound, I believe, starting in late April. So he started like seven or eight games, I believe. He got into like 13 in total. Statistically, you know, very pedestrian. A lot of, uh, not a lot of innings. Uh, 
stuff is I mean he has a good fastball. Solid slider. Um a change up that might be better than it gets credit for and a eh, curveball. I, I feels like uh, yeah. He, I, I, I actually quite like this pick. I feel like there are some like if he's healthy and you make a little bit like there's ingredients here that a yes. team that's good at pitch design could very easily get something exciting out of. Um, I mean, if you watch the video of him getting drafted, he looks super pissed off because he probably thought <laughs> he was going 20 picks higher and is like going to make, I don't know, a million 1.5 million less now. So, um, I, I think this is an excellent pick given who was on the board at the time. I mean, he was a first round talent coming into the season. Like it was one of those like kind of boring first round college pitchers that get taken in like the second half of the first, because that's where they go. But yep. the Mets got him in the, in the second because they're betting that the medicals are fine, and I would assume they are. The uh, I think Tannis, I can't remember if it was him or I think it was Tannis, said after the uh, draft today that they plan on signing all 10 guys, and obviously you're going to say that, but still, that means that they're comfortable with the meds. Like, uh, So if that's the case, then you got an extra first-round guy, even if it's not a ex- super exciting one. It's still one that would have gone 17 to 20-whatever, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll take that in the second round every time, even if it's not super, like, over-the-top exciting, you know? To tie this to a name that we've discussed more, this is as if they, like, wound up taking Susak at 52. And, like, we didn't want them to take Susak at all, but if they took Susak at 52... Yeah, 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 I'm like, okay, sure. Like, that's where he should be, you know? Yeah, like, this this general profile is, like, not fun in the first round, but in the no. second round... I'm yeah, in the second it. round, that's where you really, you're taking it there, and you're, I mean, he might be the, he, he's in the conversation for best healthy arm in the system, <laughs> awesome. you know, which is an yeah. indictment of the system, but, <laughs> like, I, that's still a good thing to add to it in the second round, you know? And also, so like, he has really nice slider characteristics, and I think his arm slot is pretty obviously too high, like, like Look, I'm not a professional pitch dev guy, but it seems like you could drop his arm slot a little and get a flatter approach angle and make the breaker sweepier, and suddenly you got a bit of a stew going. So I, I, I think there's some – I really liked this uh, when I heard the name, and having read even more, I, I like it more. And he is um, – see, he, he – in his freshman year last year, he is a sophomore. That's also another thing uh, – not to get too much of a tangent here, but he is a sophomore, draft-eligible sophomore, so he does have some bargaining power here. They took a lot of those, a lot of those yeah. and a lot of yeah. Uh, not a lot of older players. Even some of the ones that I was surprised about them taking are draft-eligible draft eligible sophomores, which mm-hmm. we'll get into. Yep. But he's, uh, you know, for the Tennessee, University of Tennessee, he won second-most games as a freshman, 10 in school history behind only Ari Dickey. So, I mean, that's some good Mets karma right there. So he is the chosen one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dickey be praised. 
Oh, and uh, another interesting thing that Tim Britton put in the athletic before the second round started was that the Mets don't, the, he was like, the Mets aren't, don't feel like they're too far over slot after the first day. And I was surprised by that mm-hmm. considering it was Parada and Jet and like these picks. So I wonder if they got a deal somewhere, if Jet ended up being under slot, we're going to see the the numbers when they come out. But I found that pretty interesting. And I think they, their draft kind of informed that with a lot of draft eligible sophomores and prep guys. Mm-hmm. It definitely was not a college senior or boring junior after boring junior after boring junior. All right. So now the next pick, which was 75 overall, which was the compensation sandwich round for losing Noah Syndergaard was outfielder Nick Morbido from Gonzaga College High School. <laughs> Gonzaga College High School. God damn it. In Washington, D.C. It's like those prep schools up here, like Fordham Prep and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but, you know, thoughts? I mean, he's, he's getting some Clint Frazier um, comparisons here. All I know is that it's more of in time. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's pretty funny, like, when I first saw him, like, I looked up some of his stuff after uh, they drafted him, and I was like, it's it's kind of like the Mets said, we want Jet Williams, and then we want Jet Williams at home, and they took both of them. <laughs> like, he's a shortstop who is going to have to move to second base or the outfield because he can't. I mean, Jet Williams probably better shortstop than he is now, but Morbido's not going to stay short at all. But you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like they really like this profile, I think, and they just found it again in a different way and in a... I guess Morbido probably has a bit more raw, like you see it sometimes in games. But other than that, it's kind of similar, and I found that kind of funny. But, yeah, it's a legit. I would, I would wager that the Mets have some of the similar contact data for Williams or Morbido. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Pure speculation. I haven't heard that from anyone or seen it, read it anywhere, but... Like Thomas said, very similar profile. We seem to have a better understanding of who's running the draft room than we did uh, as of Friday. Um, so we go off what what that sort of uh, uh, driving logic is. That that seems like it would apply here. Um, without that, I don't love this pick. But if that data exists, I I, I can understand it. All right, so now the third-round pick, and that is right-handed pitcher Brandon Sprout from University of Florida. Um, he's got a really good fastball. It averaged, you know, in the high 90s. It's touched 99. It's touched 100. Um, Complements it with slider, curve. The slider is the better of the two. Um, curve is just kind of like a get-me-over pitch. Change-up, same thing. But he kind of doesn't know where his pitches are going. Is this something that we have faith that the Mets can fix? I mean, the physically, you know, like he's he's six foot three. It's a good good size for a pitcher. The fastball obviously speaks for itself. The slider is good. You could refine the curveball. You can refine the changeup, whatever. But do we have confidence that the Mets will be able to help his command and control? I think I. Go ahead, Thomas. I was just going to say maybe, like, it's so early in their player development under Epler and everything else. We, You know what I mean? Like, 
Epler doesn't even have his guys in yet. So, like, I think, I think. Well, I mean, this is the point we've made a couple times now. They have to get good at these things eventually, right? And especially in the fourth round, they have to be good at something to develop this. Um, I have more confidence in their ability to do this than I do in their ability to revamp a swing or better manage injuries. Because I think, frankly, the the process of fixing pitchers in this way is better understood at this point on a large scale than fixing hitters or managing injuries. Those are more nebulous topics still. But there, there's a handful of very obvious tricks and then a bigger bag of less obvious things than obviously a whole bunch of stuff that we just don't know about. But there's a, a better known playbook for improving pitchers. And if you're a new org that's trying to improve your player dev, I would expect that's easier to pick up on quickly than finding a Pete Alonso, right? Like that that sort of swing change is, is a lot harder to pull off. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Jarrett said this on Twitter, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact wordage. But it was basically like these are the type of picks, like there's the develop traits that these guys have or aren't, aren't picks that they would have taken three years ago you know what i mean like they weren't looking at these guys then and they they clearly are now because they're drafting them so hopefully that's like a step in the direction that the Mets should be going in like they kind of understand where the where the where the league is going and where things are supposed to be you know yeah it's good like, to see like sprouts never even on the Mets board like two years ago they're 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 taking some Hollywood fancy exactly it, li- literally and it's like you they take that guy and it's like well that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't because it it doesn't because the Mets were behind the times and they're catching up I think I like Hollywood fancy uh, don't remind me of my failures <laughs> I was just about to say I don't know how far back you have to be to want to draft Colby Wood Mancy, but hey it happens to the best of us. Yeah, it does. It does. It happens to the Mets in this draft. All right. Um. So now their fourth round pick, Jacob Reamer from Ukaipa High School in California, third baseman, high school senior. Uh, shortstop right now, but he's definitely gonna be a third baseman. He, he's very yeah. Vianto C to me, with maybe a better hit tool. I mean, Vientos put a better hit tool is a, well, yeah. a yeah, that's a good prospect, you know. Like, that's Brad Beatty. That's Brad Beatty. Because Vientos doesn't have that. Like, that's his big drawback. And if he develops into that, that'd be nice. He's an interesting pick for sure. I think this is another pick the Mets don't take a few years ago, which is going to be mostly a theme here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's upside. It's, it's an upside gamble, which is something that the Mets in these you know these rounds the last couple of years by design for a few of these drafts but also just through sheer bad process have not really chased it's nice to see that they're doing that now this year anyway i like this pick less i understand everything you're saying um i don't see the bat speed Maybe I'm. Maybe I just watched some bad film. Um, he also reportedly is the kind of guy who puts on a batting practice show and then can't get to his power in game, which to 
me also sounds like no bat speed and just a swing that he amps up for power when he does when he can. But I could be very wrong. I watched like three minutes of film. It's not conclusive. He's also now, I, I would say he's closer to a, a hit tool guy than a power tool guy, even though he's a bigger dude. He's not small, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like that, I, I can. I think it's easier to teach power, you know, like I think it's easier to be like, Hey, hit the ball up <laughs> or like, Hey, kind of like you could kind of coax that out of someone, but you can't really coax a hit tool out of a guy. Like if he's not going to catch up to 95, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, even major leaguers like JD Davis was a regular up until like this year. And he has, he struggles with velocity like that. Like it happens, but, um, if they could develop that, then that'd be he's interesting. I will say there are perhaps more interesting prep guys I would have gone with that I think are in this same range. Um, I don't know. I'm really picking it, picking uh, nits here uh, in what was overall a fine draft. All right now, fifth round. 149th pick overall. And the Mets selected DeAndre Smith from USC. He's a shortstop, uh, draft eligible sophomore. Um, yeah, I, mean, I have no real complaints. Uh, there may be guys that have higher upsides or, or are, you know, better players whatever but he doesn't seem like a bad player at this point for what he is and this, this just feels like a cut honestly yeah i know I'm, I'm trying to just trying to sugarcoat it here but yeah it's fine Even, the thing is he's a draft eligible sophomore though so like he could go back to school if he wants to i don't know if he's going to mm-hmm. like i don't know how much you're saving but I assume if you get like he's getting drafted, he he didn't even hit 300 in his college career. Like I'm assuming he's gonna not to batting average post, but still like. Um, I thought you're batting average posting in 2022. You know what I mean though, like yes, <laughs> because like even if he college hitters hit like 350 sometimes, but um, he's a strong defender up the middle and athletic and like makes some contact. It's just no pop at all really. So I'm curious. I don't really know what to make of him. And where he ends up slot-wise. If this is not a cut pick, I really don't get it. Um, But He might be, despite being draft-eligible sophomore, he might just be like, I want to go play in the majors, or or professionally, rather. Mm -hmm. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist-pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of guys that probably really want to go professional, sixth round now, uh, right-handed pitcher from Southern Mississippi State, Tyler Stewart. Now, he is technically a senior. He's he's spent four years in college. That's basically all we can say with certainty. Technically, he would be a red shot shirt sophomore because he redshirted in his first season. Then he missed all 2020 because of Tommy John recovery and because of COVID. And then he was a freshman technically last year, 2021, and a sophomore technically this season, 2022. Um, he's really big. He's really tall. He's six foot nine, and you gotta love six foot nine pitchers. Chris Bial says hello. Yep. Yep. Josh. Provost? Is that one of the big tall boys they had at one uh, point? Yep, yep. He's interesting because he's a big tall boy who has like a heavy sinker. Yep. Like it's kind of opposite what you think, you know? Like you kind of think those big tall boys are just going to throw super hard and overpower people, but that's not really his game. He just kind of has a heavy sinker. Like, you know, everyone listening to this podcast knows what a heavy sinker does. So, um, but yeah, that's it's pretty interesting because that feels like a he's had such a weird college career. There's almost like a unknown about him. Like he should have pitched four years of college by now, and everyone kind of has the book out. But because of Tommy John and COVID and everything else, he's barely pitched. So mm-hmm. it's curious to. I feel like it's one of those things where you're trying to buy low on someone who had weird issues going on around him that are out of his control and seeing if there's more to him than that. Yep. I know I keep saying this for draft eligible draft eligible sophomores feels like a cut pick. Right? The dude's a multi-inning middle reliever in college. I'm pretty sure they're saving some money here. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't. Yeah, probably a little bit. All right, now with the seventh round pick, they selected Jonah Tong from Georgia Premier Academy in Canada. And my Canadian geography is not, I guess, on par because the Georgia Premier Academy is in the province of GA. I'm just wondering where that is. Alberta province. Canadian province GA. I know he played for the Toronto Mets, so. Love the Toronto Mets. The state of Georgia, Canada. Huh. Okay. Sure. Um, I could not tell you where that is. It's not real. It can't be real. There are too many Georgias. We now have a country, a state, and apparently part of Canada as well. Um. Yeah, I mean, he, but, yeah. he's a fun one, even though he wasn't on BA's top 500. So he was, like, a big deal in that, like, draft league thing. Uh, 
he was like their first overall, either their first ranked pitcher. I know he was their first ranked pitcher. I think he was also their first ranked player. But their notes on him are like, he well, he's going to North Dakota State, so I'm pretty sure the Mets could buy that out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, don't count down North Dakota State. <laughs> Carson Wentz says hello. Yeah, right. But um, he's thrown up to 96, and it's a lot of spin rate stuff. Like he has a 12-6 curveball with 2,800 RPMs. Uh, so that'll get you drafted. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of those things where the Mets plugged it into a model, and they were like, oh, look, he throws hard and has a spinny cur- uh, curveball. And he's 19 and a prep guy and lives from Canada and is going to North Dakota State. Like, that's very signable, you know? So, a, I mean, similar, uh, not a similar pitcher, but similar idea to Ziegler kind of, right? Yeah, like, that's what I thought of. Canadian yeah. guy who had a weird-ish path to this and has some data-driven characteristics that look nice. Um and now he's their best pitching prospect who's healthier. Yeah, so it is true. Like I solved the mystery. He was born in Canada, but he's at boarding school in Georgia. So Ah, that makes I mean that's literally what Calvin Z yeah, did that, when you, he went to Florida. Went to Florida, Florida. Florida. Yeah. So when you said that the light bulb went and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. That makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um look, it's the seventh round. You're basically throwing darts. You're either throwing wild darts at this point or saving money. And this seems like a fun dart. I like it. That's that's a perfect dart for this spot because there's data that is something that you could build upon. You know, this isn't the random SEC shortstop who hit 290 and plays hard. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot there's this clay here and there's a lot to mold from it. And you take you you keep taking shots like this. Eventually, they're gonna hit because. This is the the mold that you need. Like you probably don't have enough money for Tristan Smith or Jaden Newt or uh, the catcher that's going to Stanford, uh, Malcolm Moore. Like you probably don't have enough money at this point for the top top prep guys. So you find one with some interesting characteristics and oh yeah, yep. The I process. That it, we're we're really here just commenting on the process of it because we're not we don't have as much information and that's all we can kind of say basically. And that's kind of, I don't want to say that's what's important here because these players adding, coming to the system and becoming professionals and all that stuff is the important part. But for us, where we sit, like, we have to, we're, this is informing future drafts because Epler is going to get more and more of his guys in and more, the Mets are obviously beefing up their analytics department over the last two years under Cohen. Cohen said so as much himself. So while it's manifested on the field, even with hiring Walter, they're still shifting a lot and doing all that stuff. Like, it's manifesting in the draft room now, too. And it did last year, and now it's doing so again this year. And that's what you want to see. Right now, with their eighth-round pick, the 239th pick overall, they selected Dylan to break a right-handed pitcher, a, a senior from Creighton. I like this. When we did our mock drafts, what was that, two weeks ago? Um I thought about actually having to break uh, instead of you know that would have been an a seri- that was a serious cut pick right so that they could afford Schultz yes. in my hypothetical yeah. mock but I mean it's a cut pick here too so they could do everything right. else but <laughs> right right I mean it's an in- I think he's an interesting like we we talked about this a couple of months back too what makes an interesting cut pick to me it's smaller school 
record of performance and maybe some interesting metrics. Two-time Big East. smaller school with a record of performance. Yep. Sure. He's a yeah. perfectly cromulent senior sign. It's it's more exciting than most of the senior signs that they used to do. So. Oh yeah. All right. Now with the ninth pick, 269th overall, they selected Chase Step, a, a third baseman, a junior from University of Kentucky. He's, How tall is uh, Billy Epler? What'd you say? How tall? Yes. <laughs> Billy Epler height. 1.86 meters. What is that in inches? <laughs> it it say does say five foot six eight meters. Let's say five foot nine, I'm gonna say. Uh six point one feet, apparently. So it's not like oh, Billy okay. Epler's a short guy who's like power to the short dudes, but <laughs> someone in the front office. <laughs> That's funny. Now we gotta look up everyone's heights. Look up the entire uh, front office's heights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how 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 tall is Cohen? Oh, he's. I don't think he's very tall. Mm, there Kevin you go. Buck Showalter gives me like five eight five. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a step isn't really that. He he's an even six foot, possibly. Uh. He's got a little bit of power. He's got a little bit of speed. He can hit all right. He, you know, does a lot of things. None of them great, basically. Yeah, he feels like a jack of all trades college guy you take in the middle of the draft because that's what's that's what you do. What did they draft that catcher from LSU? Wasn't that in like the third round? Robert Moore, not Robert Moore. Oh, I I kind of remember who you're talking about. Tyler Moore. Oh, Tyler Moore is a name. Sixth round. Okay, it was not as egregiously high as I remembered. Whatever. Yeah, like, like, you take these guys here, and then you hope some skill, one of their tools pops that you don't expect. Ends. Listen, someone needs to play third base for Binghamton. I mean, that's true. I mean, it, it, sucks. <laughs> it, it, it sucks, but if you're... Some guys are going to be organizational depth, and if they're cromulent major uh, minor league players, that just kind of raises the tide all around the minor leagues. Yeah, I have no strong feelings on his step. Yeah. I think we all have very strong feelings on the 10th pick, though. Oh, oh yes. absolutely. <laughs> That's what we've all been looking forward to here. Not the pick, mostly just uh, oh, yes. the name. Yes. <laughs> So with the tenth pick, well, excuse me, with the tenth, their tenth round pick, 299th overall, they selected a uh, right-hand pitcher, senior from University of Arkansas, Zebulon Vermillion. Just Incredible. top, that, top of the scale name. That is a sounds name. like the uh, protagonist in a Disney Channel original uh, sci-fi movie. It does. Definitely has a lot of sci-fi vibes. I saw a good one. Uh, Zebulon Vermillion was George Lucas's first draft of Yoda's that was, name. Yeah. <laughs> that was friend of Amazing Avenue Jack McLoon's tweet. Oh, it was Jack. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good tweet. He liked it, too. Uh, Vermillion. George Lucas? 
Oh. No, <laughs> Vermillion like all like his <laughs> likes are podcast, all people being people. like. He, <laughs> His likes are all people being like, this dude's name is incredible. <laughs> so he's leaning into it, which is great. I mean, when you grow up with the name, you you, have, you, you better because you're going to have a very unhappy life if you don't. But yeah, um, I've done no research, so I literally know nothing about him, but I'm rooting for him to succeed. He's, um, I, I, <laughs> I actually kind of know who he is. Uh, he's a reliever. Like, he's... That he started six games in five years at Arkansas, so uh, you're getting what you get with that. But he appeared in '71 over five years, so they loved him. They had they used him a lot, but um, it's like a fastball slider, very typical big guy uh, who doesn't actually throw that hard type of thing. Nice, and he has five years of college. Hell yes, five. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hell yes. He is almost 24. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is a model thing or like a he's been around for a really long time, so the scouts have seen him forever, you know. But I, I think I, I think I'd be sitting here kind of rail. I'm not going to ever rail against a tenth round pick because it's a, it's a tenth round pick. But I'd be unhappy with this if his name wasn't. Right. <laughs> oh like sure, it. yeah. I mean that helps. It's also going to be like dirt cheap because he's a. Oh yeah. I gotta give him 5K and move on. Yeah, like he's he's a reliever and he's old and the Mets need to save money elsewhere I'm sure because they were over no matter what they were over slot somewhere in the first round so if you're going to take a guy you take a guy named Zebulon Vermillion and you put him in bullpens and you see if it if his slider is actually good is basically is 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 the moral of the story he also wears 88 which is hilarious like the whole the whole vibe is out of this world for this man and just, if he was not yes, as wide as world. he is, he might actually have a hard time fitting that name on his uniform. So, <laughs> does anybody else wear 88 in baseball? <sighs> I can't think of a single player. MLB players to wear 88. I have no idea who any of these people are. Yeah, it's probably the dudes who came up for like. A doubleheader. <laughs> oh, Phil Maton. He's a pretty good uh, uh, reliever. Astros, right? Yeah, he was on the Indians. James Outman, who really should be so much better of a reliever with the name Outman. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Baby Shark. Ah, I forgot he wore 88. Also, apparently Luis Robert. So, there you go. That, oh, duh. That's, how the fuck did I forget that? We're all terrible. So, yeah, that was the uh, the end of the first night. And then all the afternoon of rounds three through ten. Uh, m- much harder to give a grade to. I mean, you know, the first round is obviously the marquee signings and... and the strength of an entire draft class will play off of who you select, who, who teams select with that first pick. These kind of complementary picks afterwards are much more difficult to kind of grade. But it, instead of like a letter grade, really just like a feeling. But overall, I'm like mildly neutral to positive on how they did this afternoon. Yeah, I think 
I think a lot of what's going on is representing a a idea a kind of idea shift. Um, just the draft eligible shot, sophomores and the prep guys and kind of the guys who they took the Wilpon era Mets wouldn't have. They just wouldn't have looked at in these guys' directions and they wouldn't have thought about them in that way and they would have just drafted your typical boring college guys and called it a day. I mean, they would have been taking Chase Estep in the third instead of the ninth. Exactly, because he was good in college, you know, and like, and like that's a that's a thing you you look at and you're like, oh yes, this guy was a strong performer at Kentucky in the SEC, therefore he's good, you know, like rudimentary stuff kind of is the best way to put it. And the Mets didn't do that. They took 19 year old prep guys who have some interesting data, and they took even a Jet Williams. I don't think the Met like going back to the first round, the Mets wouldn't have taken a guy like that. Um, because he was too small, you know, yeah, like, probably. like it, it, he would have gotten overlooked by that organization and it would have been a Suzak or some shit like that. So, Although like, I think we know how much that left Carlos Cortez and he is also small. So mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. He wasn't a but can Jet Williams throw with both arms for some reason. <laughs> probably <laughs> not. Is he what right a use of left handed in the outfield utility to being, <laughs> you know, a more successful baseball player? don't think so but yeah i just think it's kind of like a vibe shift in the way that they look at the draft and i think they did that last year too when not signing rocker kind of muddied all of it but i think i'm even more positive than tom like i'm not gonna i'm not running around saying this is the best draft ever but i think the tidwell sprout picks are both quite good I liked to break as a cut guy pre-draft and Tong is really interesting to me. So I, I quite like everything, most everything they did here. Feet to the fire. I'll complain about S step and Smith, but like it, it's fine. Oh yeah. Like, like every draft is going to be, there's going to be a few guys where I'm like, yeah. you didn't have to take him. And, and you know what? Like I, I sometimes like you should not be doing it with the 11th or 14th pick, but sometimes I think it's okay to go out on a limb based on what your scouts see. Like, I think that's an okay thing to do in certain, in spots where they did like, it's fine. Sometimes those, sometimes those guys are right. Yeah. You have to do a mix, I think. And I think the Mets did that. Is there anybody left on the board that, is reasonable to to be drafted, so that takes off the newts. I obviously. really want Jaden Newt for the name. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think they can afford anyone like no, that. They yeah, they yeah, no, I feel like the rest of the draft is going to be kind of not ho hum, but just safer because they don't really have the money because they need to sign Parada and Williams and everyone else and. They could draft uh, purely for the amusement, JT Quinn. <laughs> be okay with that. Um, I would be down with JT Quinn. Reading and trying to see if they recognize any of these names that are not obvious prep guys from BA's best available right now. Um, oh, Nick Sando's a guy and also has a good name. I wouldn't hate that. And he's a college guy. Um, I could I could keep going here, but I don't have yeah. any especially exciting names. 
Yeah, I, I think mean, we're too I, far gone for the exciting ones. At, at this point, are we just drafting wholly on names? Yes. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I mean, we could. How, how uh, though we did miss out on Cumbest. Yeah, I, I saw that. I thought it. I didn't see. That. I I thought it's B A G at the end nope. and not E S T. I did also note uh, the Pirates, I believe, in the fourth round drafted Jack Brannigan, and I will permanently refer Jack to him as Zap Brannigan. Rear Brigadier Zap Brannigan. Let's see. Let me go to the L's. Is there a, a lemon? <laughs> no, no lemons lemon. in the draft. There are no lemons in the draft. Are there any Lees? There's a few Lees. Yes. The Brewers do also have a lemon, so it's possible we'll get a Brannigan-Lemon matchup at some point. So oh, Perfect. Well, here's hoping. How many first? How many top ten pick, oh, picks, uh, prospects do you think they added into the system in the draft? Because we're past that at this point. They're not going to add any more. Four? Yeah, that's what I got. Where am I putting Tidwell? I mean, he's definitely in the top 10, but I don't know where. Like 7 to 10, I think, maybe, yeah. off the top of my head. I think I might have Sprout above Morabito, but probably in the top 10. It might even be five top 10 guys for me. Like it's, a, I like a lot of the guys. but Morabito might be 11, but even if he's 11, you know, that's like right, right, right. right on the cusp. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's really what I wanted out of this draft. <laughs> is definite that. four and then one cusp. And also that depends on trades that they're going to make in two weeks. Even if it's not Juan Soto level big, it's they're going to do Watch something. Be 10. It ends up being 10. <laughs> they just draft a new top 10. They, yeah. trade, they trade five people for Soto and we're like, all of them. <laughs> top 10 prospect <laughs> Vermillion. Put them in the top 10. <laughs> Who cares? Juan Soto's in right field. Still better than dead Neil Nunez. Yeah, that's very true. It's uh, not a poke at someone in particular. Mm-hmm. Dead Neil Nunez, of course. Nobody's Turn to the podcast. Uh, all right, so here's hoping that tomorrow, day three, the Mets come up with you know a couple more interesting interesting names. You know what they should do, Steve? Yes. They should draft a backup pick. Okay. Please, for the love of God. There's also new UDFA rules, which is cool. We could talk about at some point, but Mm -hmm. they uncapped the bonuses for them. So, like, you could just kind of give a UDFA whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was fucked. Which, capping it is insane. Like, it was capped to 20,000. Like, are you serious? Yeah, basically, he has twenty thousand bucks. Take it, or well, your dream is fucked forever. Literally, your dream is fucked. Goodbye. Go play on the indies. And I wonder if you'll get a, some outcomes like you do in the NBA draft now, where some guys, once you get past pick forty or so, will tell teams not to draft them because they'd rather. NFL too. No, that, I, I know less about the NFL draft. Admittedly. It's it's kind of similar where like a guy will be like, why would I be a seventh round pick if I could choose my location type thing? Well, yeah, didn't that happen with like one of the quarterback prospects this year, uh, strong or something? Or I don't remember, but yes, I know. You, yes, well, you. like on the, on the reverse, the Steelers drafted two quarterbacks this year and they took one in the seventh because he was not going to sign with them as a UDFA because of them taking one in the first, but they really liked him. So like 
there's going to be some games like that that I think people are going to be able to play with UDFAs. And also, UDFAs get more money. And if you're a priority that, UDFA, good for you. Yep, that's the main thing. Is These guys should get as much money as they can at their signing because God knows they're not going to be making money while playing. I feel like that's a way the Mets could clean up, too, with being richer than most other teams, but we'll see. <laughs> Gotta leverage those competitive uh, abilities that they got there. All right, well, if uh, anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email addresses from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. Thomas is at said Met Season SZN. Subscribe to the podcast, where you get your podcast from, rate and review. And of course, we thank you for listening. And we will be back tomorrow to review day three, the last day of the 2022 MLB draft. So until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs>